Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. All right, it is time for Baldry's Beat. Global News Legislative Bureau Chief Keith Baldry is here. Lots to dive into today, Keith. Good to chat with you as always. Great to be here, Jody. Let's talk port strike right off the hop. You saw the press release that just went out. Uh, mm-hmm. Basically, another barb tossed across the bow, as it were. How does that land with you? Yeah, so this is the union um, obviously upset with reports, including my own and Jazz Joho and Brent Jang and Global Mail and other reporters who got our hands on what the union is looking for at the negotiating table in terms of wages, which is a um, 22% overall increase over two years, 17% in wages, $8,000 inflation adjustment allowance, uh, $10,000 top up for the retirement payout over two years. Uh, obviously feeling the sting over that information coming out and taking a swing at the employer, accusing it of a dirty tricks campaign. Yesterday, the employer put out a news release reiterating its offer or suggestion that the whole thing go to a binding arbitration process, bring down the picket lines, let an arbitrator decide where this goes. Uh, Employers don't usually do that. You don't see a lot of employers want to sign into a binding arbitration because it takes ultimate control of the the cost element out of their hands. But uh, this is an extraordinary situation. So yesterday, uh, B.C. Labor Minister Harry Baines met with Federal Labor Minister Seamus O'Regan, um, my understanding is that there's no clues or signals coming from the feds yet that they're willing to intervene in this, even though now an increasingly number of provincial governments, yesterday including Alberta and Saskatchewan, demanding that Ottawa intervene, either impose a settlement or do something to get these sides back to the table. No talks are scheduled. We're now on the sixth day. We're going to be crossing the $4 billion level of disruption of goods. Um, so, again, it's a, it's a messy situation. The, the relations between the two sides are, you know, just six days into a dispute. They're already sort of walking away from each other. That usually doesn't happen until, you know, week four or something. This is six, five days in, and they're already not, not speaking to each other. It feels pretty acrimonious, that's for sure. And and also the tension around it is real. And Keith, a layperson's question is, I love to ask you, why are we uh, often in a situation where we have to decide or the government must decide what an essential service is, like whether or not a port or a rail is essential? I mean, obviously, doctors and nurses, uh, emergency responders, we learned a lot about essential services through COVID-19, you and I, many conversations yep. throughout the pandemic. Um why is or is not this situation uh, wrapped up in essential service? That's a very good question. My understanding there is there, there can be at some point levels of essential service designated. I think grain, for example, is likely yeah. going to be an essential because it's an essential food source. But you're right, and the rules differ from province to province and from province to federal. So in BC, for example, we've had school strikes. 
we've had uh, strikes in the healthcare system. The BC Labor Relations Board determines what the essential service levels are. So it doesn't mean 100% of the people in that particular job are off the job. They still have to perform essential services. Not sure exactly what's going to kick in here at the port, but I can't see you know months and months of a picket line. Um, disabling the shipment of grain, for example. But uh, I don't think we're at that point yet. Why did cruise ships get the deal off the top? Do you know what was behind that? That's a good. That's a good question. I mean, they they have not always been exempted from uh, job action. Uh, I think that that was also probably a PR move by the union, not wanting to be seen. You put up a. It, it's a two-way fight for cruise ships. There are people on cruise ships who don't live here, obviously, and I don't think the union want to be in a position putting a picket line around a picket ship and preventing two thousand people from going home, for example, right. which would have been a pretty ugly PR nightmare. So I think that's a big Indeed. reason why cruise ships were exempted here. Talking about PR nightmares, health ministry announcement. Let's. <laughs> it's been a difficult go. Again, we can point to COVID nineteen and uh, for for really uh, shining some sunlight on the gaps in our healthcare system. Uh, certainly, it has put extra pressure on our our frontline healthcare workers and our physicians, our GPs, and and perhaps triggering retirements for many doctors and 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 seeing people step away from a clinic environment where it got ever more difficult uh, and overcrowded in treating people and even more dangerous to go to work. What did, uh, well, Health Minister Adrian, I'm not even going to say what, what did Health Minister Adrian Dick say yesterday in his press conference? Uh, in case you missed it, here's just a snippet of our health minister saying what he hopes this new registry in BC will do. What we want to do is give patients a sense that they're on a list and they will be contacted when a doctor becomes available. So closer, a sense well, that they can go on a list. <laughs> yeah, so this is a, an ambitious plan, although not a lot of details. So this is a, a, a an expansion of existing registry um, to connect people with family doctors or nurse practitioners in an area close to where you live. Um, Apparently, more than 600 doctors have come back into family practice, which is encouraging. Um, and, and under the new payment model, about 3,300 doctors have opted into the new payment model. <clears throat> so this is good. Most doctors yesterday, at least in media reports, characterize this as a good step forward, but still um, a long ways off in terms of meeting the needs of everyone who doesn't have a family doctor. The number disclosed yesterday, it's dropped below 900,000 now, uh, people who don't have uh, a family physician, and more family doctors are coming into the system. This registry is designed to connect people to more, uh, a better chance to connect to a family doctor. But again, no timeline uh, offered, no real numbers offered in terms of the expectations of when you're going to connect with a family doctor. So again, step in the right direction, but not a lot of details. Right. No quick fix, but no certainly quick fix. if there's any path forward for people who have struggled to find a physician, uh, let it start somewhere, as we often ask for. It's Let's also a registry to connect, oh, connect you with a, cl- with a uh, clinic as well. This is yeah. also part of the part of the plan here, which you nurse can... Nurse practitioners, uh, right? Nurse practitioners and doctors who perform in, uh, services in clinics. So again, ambitious plan, step in the right direction, no timeline, though, and not a lot of details. We got some details from BC Ferries. Here's the CEO on their plan because, uh, you know what? Summer's going to be hectic. So people need to plan. You have to plan ahead. 
whether that means a reservation uh, or whether that means coming on as a walk-on, taking transit, uh, basically using other options that don't involve your vehicle. We've got to be in this moment for this summer. This chaos around BC Ferries this past weekend, I mean, I'm raised in Tawasin. Watching the lineups at the Tawasin Ferry Terminal was astonishing mm-hmm. this weekend. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's basically, that was Nick Yemen as the CEO of BC Ferries, the new CEO, basically saying this is the new normal, uh, for hol- particularly for holiday weekend. So the August 1st weekend, or the, the BC Day weekend, whenever that is, yeah. um, first week August, I mean, if you're planning to travel on a ferry, make a reservation. And also, there's going to have to be some take ownership of this yourself. Um, if you don't take, don't have a reservation and show up, it's almost as if you deserve what you're about to get into because the warning signs have been out there. And it's been flagged. You've got to get a reservation. Just don't show up yeah. and expect this to be an easy, um, easy traveling process because it's not going to be. Um, but again, having said that, I think BC Ferries has to get a little creative here. I was struck yeah. by Kylie Stanton's story on Global a couple nights ago of, of people being encouraged to be walk-on passengers. So they parked their cars. The parking lot was so full that they ended up parking in some places illegally and return home and they get a $98 ticket. I go back to when David Hahn was CEO of Ferries. He was very creative at coming up with, with stuff. I remember phoning him, um, running into an unexpected five-sailing delay at Tawasin. And I phoned him to say, what's going on? Like, How did this happen? And Hahn instantly dropped everything, hired a country rock band to perform for people at the Tawasin I Ferry Terminal. I remember that. And gave out yes. free refreshments for everyone. Free refreshments. And he, he said, you know what? Party. It's yeah. going to cost us a few thousand dollars, but it's worth it to do, you know, some community alignment. I think Ferries has to get its head around this. Creative. I mean, handing yeah. out a $98 ticket to someone who frantically was parking and, and heeding their, their advice to be a walk-on passenger rather than trying to drive on, right. I think that was a bit tone deaf. And they've got to get creative this summer. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Jody Vanson for Mike Smith, along with Keith Baldry, Global BC's Legislative Bureau Chief. It is Baldry's Beat, and we're talking about, well, any topics on the table if you want to call in and discuss it. But our topics we've hit on today so far, the port strike, the update on that, the, the BC port workers uh, and, the, and, the, and the union at odds, uh, not even at the table, but casting barbs across the bow uh, of this work stoppage as we up approach $4 billion in lost uh, revenue to the Canadian economy, really, as $800 million goes through our ports. 
each and every day. We're also talking about the new patient registry announced by the province, trying to connect people with doctors and clinics. And also, we just, just before we went to break, talked about BC Ferries and how the new BC Ferries CEO uh, is basically saying, you got to plan for summer being hectic. Long weekends uh, being chaotic is going to be the new normal. And Keith, just before the break, you were saying we got to get creative at the terminals to make things fun for people when they're stuck Mm -hmm. for maybe a two, a three, a four sailing weight or what have you. I think that is a great idea. What a captive audience to be able to to make it enjoyable as opposed to stressful. I remember getting stuck in, in traffic at the ferry terminal at Horseshoe Bay and going, oh, great, ice cream. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, they, they do, they've got to spend a little money, I think, to accommodate what's going to be a frustrated and tired um, customer base, the public, who, yeah. you know, uh, pay the bills here. Uh, and again, David Hahn was very creative on that front, and I think uh, Ferries has to step up this summer. All right, let's go to the phone. 604-280-9898 is the number. 604-280-9898. Or star 9898 is a free call on your cell. Let's start with Jeff in Surrey. Welcome, Jeff. Hey, Jody. Uh, hey there. So speaking of being creative, yes, uh, the David Hahn thing with the hiring a band and all that, PR, you've got a captive audience. Come on. You know, and the, the guy that owns the Lions now, he's got bands going and entertainment. That's what we need to do. With the, uh, with the lineups and everybody going on the long weekend, when I worked Monday to Friday, I did not go anywhere on a long weekend. I would take a Monday or a Friday or both off and go on the opposite day against the grain of all these people that would flood there. The other thing, too, is, yes, they told them to park their car and walk on. The people that can do that, that's great. But people forget you can park, like, in the Ladner Loop there for free. Nobody cares. It's a, and take your bus right in there, and you can park in Richmond at the casino for, like, two bucks a day. Why would you take your car down there? Uh, if you didn't have to, and then get a parking ticket, which I don't think that was cool at all. Ladner Loop is a good hack, Jeff. Yeah, no, Ladner Loop. Although, Jody, I don't know if you remember this. Uh, you grew up in the VC Ferry system, and you grew up right near it. I, we used to park yeah. on the causeway. Um, I do remember. And, and walk all the way into the ferry, to the ferry terminal. There was no parking lot. Uh, I'm aging myself, dating myself here. But again, uh, yeah, if you don't need to drive on, don't drive on. Now, it's you know that's one thing for you know a, a middle-aged couple Some. with no kids. You've got little kids. Yeah. You're not going to walk yeah. on with your stroller and such. You need your car. Yeah. But people have to pay attention this summer if you want to take a BC ferry. It's it's really sad though, Keith. For those who do want to just be able to bounce back and forth, it's very expensive and now very work in tech, intensive and time consuming to do what used to be a fairly easy. Uh, trip to take. And that speaks to the popularity. It is like a highway. We can say the same about driving through the Fraser Valley or up to the Sea to Sky when wanting to get to some of the beautiful parts of British Columbia from Metro Vancouver. Let's continue. There's always an alternative, and that's the sponsor of this segment, Harbor Air. That's Harbor (laughs) Air. I love me some Harbor Air. Okay, Jim in Port Moody, welcome to the show. Thank you for your patience. What is your uh, thought here? My thought here is on the labor situation. Uh, thank you very much for having Dr. Harder on this morning. We finally have somebody shedding some uh, educational light on this situation. I was in the transportation industry for 35 years, negotiated contracts with our railway, and it's time that we start picking a name for who's going to mediate this solution to back to work. There's not going to be binding arbitration or any of this stuff like uh, Keith is recommending. It's going to be something that uh, both parties 
the best uh, deal that we can get is one that we get at the table sitting across from each other. And a mediator is the best way to do this. And there's many good ones out there waiting for their phone to ring. Thank you. Well, yeah, well, there was there was an assistance of a federal mediator in these talks, and then they broke down. So mediation has only taken it so far. I'm not recommending arbitration. I've never done that. The employer is suggesting that as an as an avenue uh, to solution, a binding arbitration uh, route. So far, that has not been accepted. Um, today, the union has response was basically accusing the employer of dirty tricks by. Uh, accusing it of leaking information from the negotiating table. Um, again, there's bad blood there, but we'll see. You know, I see Minister Freeland is in town today in Vancouver. It'll be interesting when she's asked about the government's response here, whether she gives any hints whether the federal government would step in here. I'm told that one of the re- reasons the feds are reluctant, they're not sure about the conservatives, what they would do uh, on a back-to-work bill. There's a, there's a lot of um, distrust between the government and the Pierre Polyev-led Conservative Party. There's also, once you bring Parliament back, um, does it go away after you pass the bill? Or can it, uh, does it hang around? Does the opposition use this as a vehicle to further beat the government over the head for other issues. So I think the Liberals are a little wary of bringing the House back right now, but the pressure is going to be building and is building for them to to get involved here and either send this to arbitration, bring in back-to-work legislation. And people have noted that the feds moved pretty quick when the Port of Montreal was about to go on strike and threaten to have and had legislation ready very quickly. And one wonders why legislation isn't available right now. Right, how it didn't activate that quickly right here. Keith, as always, a reason for everybody to be tuned in daily to Baldry's Bead. You're bringing us the very latest on this huge story and others. Always appreciate your perspective. Uh, Have a great Thursday. We'll chat tomorrow. Talk tomorrow. See you later.